Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. How closely are you working with Mac Jones compared to players at other positions on offense? Yeah, so I'll give you a direct answer right there, not to be a baseman or anything. Uh, I am working with Mac, along with, you know, some other people in the offense. I'm working with all the skill group on offense. Uh, I'd say all of us are working collectively, all right, as a coaching unit to work with the entire offense. So that's the most direct and, uh, you know, specific answer I could give you on that, guys. Uh, in terms of, you know, who's coaching each position, you'll see me on the field with the quarterbacks. Uh, we'll be meeting together as a skill group. We'll break off in individual meetings. You know, for us, it's important right now for all of our coaches to be able to coach all the skill players, okay, or for that matter, the line players as well as we go through this. And as we divide up and run two and three spot drills, it's important that if it's a ball handling drill and Vinny Sinceri is running it, that Vinny can coach the quarterbacks as well. And we're all on the same page. And it's been a main emphasis for us as a coaching staff that we want to make sure we can all coach all the players and that nobody's out there, you know, with you know a lack of knowledge in the offense. Anybody except for you, Joe Judge. You think maybe he doesn't know? Like, is I he still not. ignorant to the fact that, Joe like, Judge? other coaches were cleaning By up the his way, mess? By the way, this is WEI, Boston Sports Original, with yeah. Andy Hart, Nick Fitzy Stevens. I'm Megan Adelini. Christian Arcan is on vacation. He'll be back with Adam Jones and myself on Monday. Really happy to have you guys in here today for this special report, though. That's this expose. And, uh, you know, specific answer That's, I, I, I don't even want to hear his voice right now. Oh, wow. I'm sorry. It's Hurtful. so annoying. And I get it. I get it. People say guy. that people say that about my voice all the time. So I totally, I totally get it. Say it about a lot of people's voice on the radio. It's weird. It's just weird how it happens more often with women, though. Anyway, back to Joe Judge. Oh, we just made it a sexist thing. He, it is a sexist thing. He talks too much for someone who doesn't have enough to say. Like to your point, Andy. I would clip that. That was that was well said. We could probably just leave now. Call it a show. He talks too much. He doesn't have anything to back it up. It's so true. he just talks and 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 talks. And you probably sit through that through minicamp as Mac Jones and you're going, I can't do this. I can't do this for a year. I'm going to lose my freaking mind. Be- I'm going from Nick Saban to Josh McDaniels to, I'll tell you right now. All right. All right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to mend around. I'm not going to beat around. I'm not, and, that, and that's the real truth. Because. Yeah. So I'll give you a direct answer right there. Not to be a baseman or anything. Why did, why did he presume not to be evasive or anything? Not going to do a coach speak or anything like that. Why did he presume we were going to assume he was being evasive? Like this was really early in the process. He's weird. He is. Um, but I generally have this theory that people talk more when they don't actually have the answer. Like it's if you have the actual answer, of course, you just give the answer. If you talk more, 
you're just kind of being a politician and talking in circles and saying stuff and talking points and t-shirts and he should be known theories. as the Foxborough filibuster because that's yes. exactly what he did. That's where the word salad and calling him Joe Judge and you know Jazz Matt and everything. That's sort of a nickname that you know. Uh, but you said call him Joe Judge. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Joe Jazz. Sorry, and his parents Jazz called him Joe Judge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's the name we, we called him. Scatty P and Joe Jazz because listening to them was like trying to get through improvisational jazz. It just didn't make any sense. The answer that Matt Patricia and you wonder when it's going to end. The answer that Matt Patricia gave to Phil Perry on a sideline, a basic sideline communication issue, maybe oh. a couple months back was two and a half minutes long. It was its Awful. own breakout like Patriots Talk podcast. The answer alone, which means that he's making it up as he goes because they didn't take time to establish a base, obviously. For God's sakes, they didn't even have a freaking defensive answer to their play calls. Okay, so we established there that he was working closely with Mac Jones, at least to start, at least through training camp, mini camp, OTAs, and all that. So we get to around, at this point, I'm going to take us to just before Halloween. And at this point, Chris Sims, who's usually not a fan of us, not a fan of WEEI, nope. actively tells people not to listen to us. I hate to say it, it's like that meme, like, oh, the worst person you know just made a good point. They're idiots. <laughs> Don't listen to that show. So he said this from the National View, and he was he is tied into the Patriots, or at least some people on the Patriots. And so it's going to boom, boomerang us back. But this is what Chris Sims said right before Halloween. There's something going on in New England. He's pissed them off. This is a real thing. I know it. Florio knows it. Hmm. I don't know the exact details, whether he talks shit about the coaches behind them to the Kraft family or he talks about the two new offensive coordinators to Belichick there is an issue there there is I mean there's a part of me that the game really out I would go oh they called those plays with Mac Jones and they put Bailey Zappian and they called the you know some I want to be like were they setting it up for failure or what what was going on there yeah. the whole thing was just un New England like and weird to me Okay, I think the last part is stupid. I think you call the plays that you think are going to get you progress right. down the field. They're, I don't think that they're actively calling, that they were actively trying to sabotage Mac Jones while he was the starting quarterback. Agreed. Okay, thank you. The actively Chicago sabotaging? game was Act, no. very weird. No, Passively I don't, sabotaging? Yeah. Consciously the, the, sabotaging? The, the, the Chicago game, you said it on the podcast that the most impressive thing that Bill Belichick did all season was effed up two quarterbacks in one single game right? because Mac was already a mess and then he got screwed with more because he heard the crowd chant for Zappy and then he left Zappy in too long when Mac was the one who had gotten 95% of the first team reps. So if anything, the Chicago game is the microcosm of the season as to what a fuster cluck everything was down there. And that's actually addressed in the story where they, the, they call it the planned rotation or the, um, I still don't believe that because all the players no. said, I didn't know what was going on, and players base it on practice. I don't. I looked up from the huddle, and I was like, oh, hey, Zap. Right. That means you didn't look up on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday and say, oh, hey, Zap. That's how players are simple. They don't listen to a lot of crap. They just, oh, yeah, this guy's getting reps with me, so he's probably going to get reps with me on Sunday. They didn't get reps with the guy. Then all of a sudden on Sunday, they were or Monday, they were getting reps with right. the guy. So I, I don't buy that either. The Chris Sims thing, though, is it talking crap if it's the truth? Okay. Well, even if it's talking crap, let's define that. Because the way that Chris Sims presents it there makes it sound like Mac is mouthing off to anybody who will listen. Right. I'm not sure that that 
that's really who Mac is, I'm sure he was complaining. I'm sure his his teammates knew that he wasn't Mm -hmm. in love with Joe Judge at this point in the season. I don't know if it was mouthing off. The craziest thing to me, because Andrew Callahan came on our station, I believe it was two weeks ago, and said this, which then he doubled down on in the piece. And you don't have to grab this, Ryan. I just want to grab right after it. You'll know. He said that the issue between Mac Jones and Joe Judge was born out of the comments irking him that he would learn from Joe Judge and Joe Judge would learn from him. That that was the root of the dysfunction between them. Can we just hear those comments from Mac again so you can hear how incredibly divisive and condescending Mac is? So he has knowledge that is very beneficial to me as a quarterback and um, obviously I'm, I'm going to learn with him. That's the, the goal is to kind of, you know, teach each other and move along. And Oh, how could you? How could you, Mac? How could you say that about your coach, especially when Bill O'Brien had said the exact same thing about you and Bryce Young? That's like the Like a much thing. more accomplished offensive coordinator, former NFL head coach, multi-college head coach college coach I'll just say has held many different positions and accomplished more than Joe Judge how could you Mac that is totally one of those situations I've said it before because all three of us have been in it because we've stepped in it accidentally one time or another but Mm. sometimes you say something and you know it's going to get back to you and you're like oh this is going to be a pain in my rear end and then there's other times when you get called in the principal's office and you go I'm in trouble for that yep Mm. you're kidding me you were offended by that? Right. Was That's the, first the of- problem? And that has to be that scenario. Because Mac, whether you think he's a good quarterback or his arm sucks or he can't scramble out of the pocket or whatever, he's not a dummy. And I'm sure that when he found out that that was an issue that Joe Judge with, had with him, he was like, are you freaking kidding me? That's the only reaction. Is an eye roll and are you effing kidding me? Like Roll he, up. And that is born out of insecurity. You talked about... Billy O'Brien has doesn't have an, an insecure bone in his body. I because love that about him. He's a. It's probably part of who he is, but also because he's been doing this for twenty years, and he's like he's not insecure about his knowledge and his role and and what people are going to think about him. And for Joe Judge to be upset about that now, I don't think Mac should have said it personally Mm-mm. because he knew. You don't he was, think he should have said that? No, because you're That's in the midst so of a microscopic Andy. analysis of what the hell is going on around here. And for him to admit, even though we know it, you, we don't need you to voice it and bring attention to you probably are teaching your coach because that's a backwards relationship. Because I'm pretty sure I pounced on it and wrote a column on WEEI.com the He's day he said it. He's a first time coaching it. But, but don't say it. Like, we know it, but don't validate Anywhere it. else that is totally normal. It's sort of like this whole story is validating everything we thought all along and we feel it vindicated. Is. Like. The Patriots probably don't want this out but there. This Robert Crossfield, Belichick don't know, want this out there. The no. bigger thing, though, and I bring this back to Bill, and you can push back on me if you feel like I'm wrong about this, push. but isn't this indicative of the effed up environment there right now? Oh, yeah. That the environment is, we're going to cause dysfunction, or dysfunction is going to be born out of this offensive coach and Mac Jones, the second-year quarterback, because we're so worried, or the coach is so worried about one comment that Mac said during training camp that 80% of the fandom is not going to have any idea about. And now this is going to plant a seed of some kind of dysfunction between them. Like, honestly, who cares? 
But that's, that's what it comes two. down to. Who cares? I think a confident coach, a better coach, would have just said, hey, Mac, we probably don't need to be pointing out that you're teaching me. Like, people are going to pounce on that. This is Boston. There's multiple sports talk radio stations. There's multiple TV networks that do nightly shows that overanalyze. And we are in a unique situation. We are in a very unique situation. You probably don't need... but." To get angry and to have it be like the first step towards a dysfunctional relationship and like that this is a broken, flawed relationship, that's idiotic. You could have just said, yeah, we don't need to say that. We have a conspiracy uh, corner over here. I just want to take one call before we go to break, Fitzy. Uh, This is Alan in Rehoboth. Alan, what is your theory here? All right, so I don't even know why you guys haven't thought of it. And uh, maybe it makes for good radio otherwise. But you know that Bill... Belichick could not bring Bill O'Brien in last year, and he wasn't going to hire an offensive coordinator for one year. So he took two free, uh, I don't even know what the word is, I'll try to keep it clean, two free guys off the scrap heap to come in and just fill that void. And if you think about it, the Patriots fumbled, I don't know, two or three games away, so they could have been in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I think that if they got in the playoffs, they would have made a, they would have made a pretty good run. So I don't. I'm not sure why you guys aren't talking about the fact that Bill O'Brien was actually negotiated the year prior, but he couldn't leave Saban, and Bill wasn't going to pull him from Saban because they had that agreement. Right. He could have. It, you know, we're going down the road of unwritten rules in the Saban-Belichick right. relationship. There is the we've actually, yep. We've talked about this. Well, that's a separate thing. I think yeah. this was all based in unwritten Belichickian rules, but we have talked about this. I, I said it to you, Fitzy. The last press conference Matt Patricia did when he was getting hammered by, I think, Curran for about some of the idiocy of the offense. He didn't have a voice. He just had like a smile. this is going to sound mean, but, you know, I have to ask. Yeah, and then he was fine with it. And Patricia was like, you know, that's really a great question, like happy-go-lucky answer. And that's when it clicked on me. He is just a placeholder. Either he knows it's already over or he knew he was just an actor in a role and was a placeholder for a season. So I've talked a lot about this that I think. Now, the one problem is that – the lack of mentions of Matt Patricia in any role right now with the New England Patriots, was he willing to kill his career over it? That's my question. Is this like just the biggest favor that he was doing to Belichick? Because he was already getting paid and by the Lions. He, so like, he I'm could gonna... just be sitting around or, you know, going to some college job or right. whatever he wanted. Repairing his image, doing whatever he thought he led Thailand with Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> right sure, now. too. Sounds great right um, now. Oh, can't That's... you see them on a boat, like, just rowing through some clear with blue With Cliff water? Kingsbury hiding the beats in his ears so he also... doesn't have to listen to Patricia go on and on and on. I also don't fully accept the idea that you couldn't hire him. Like, why? It happens all the time. People break contracts. People leave contracts. People, like, this right. is sports. I'm sorry. So you couldn't hire him. Also, don't buy the theory why you couldn't do the one-year filler program with Nick Cayley. Yes, if you, if like, that, that's the much more obvious. Works. Oh, my God, if Cayley works, you know what you do? What? Keep Cayley. And yeah. pay him less than you have to pay right. O'Brien. <laughs> I know. Like, what's the downside of that? And also keep him for the next five, five years. Five years. So what's the downside? Mm-hmm. So I, I like the theory of Patricia as the willing placeholder. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the the logic around it is sometimes hard to uh, mold. All right. We got a trend. On the other side, we're going to talk to Patriots insider for NBC Sports Boston, our buddy Tom E. Curran, because he's been waiting in these waters for a while and, you know, leaving these little breadcrumbs all through the season as well. He's the one who coined the term Mac Lash. 
and mm. pointed the finger directly at Joe Judge just a couple weeks ago. We're going to return to that, and then we're going to talk to Curran on the other side. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Mac Jones wasn't happy. He was telling people he wasn't happy. He was calling people about, hey, can you help us with ideas and do stuff like that? From my understanding, Belichick found out all these things. He found out that Mac was talking to people and all this. And I think that's where it did get personal. And that's where. And, and Belichick made Mac Jones aware of it, too, it, as you might imagine. I, exactly. Which is no why doubt. it stopped. Right. And then I think with you know the Bailey Zappi thing, I think you're right there. I think that was a little bit of a dig. Shut up! thing about that like when we break down this season and we get this great reporting from Andrew Callahan and Karen Garrigan in the Boston Herald with all this sourcing and we're going to talk to Tommy Kern in just about five minutes get his perspective because he's been dropping the breadcrumbs all season long but we get this great reporting and it seems to confirm the first half of what those guys Chris Sims and Mike Florio are talking about Mac Jones is maybe texting people on the outside calling people on the outside asking help me 
Yeah. I don't. Nobody here will help me. I can't even ask questions. I'm being told, don't worry about it. We'll figure it out when we get there. And then they had to take it to the zappy thing. Oh, yeah. And that's why they did this with zappy. And it's like, why? You had enough there. Stick with what you you hear is actually happening. Why do you have to zag to the zappy stuff? That came out of an injury, you know? Well, you're, that's... You're, you're bending your head to the side like that's a... The, the part that gets to me is it came out of an injury, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. So that started that ball rolling. And are you trying to break Mac more than you already are? Like He's is already that... asking for help. He's right. saying, throw me a lifeline, someone. Easy there. There was a microphone. Yeah, wasn't your on. microphone wasn't on. You wouldn't notice. And don't and uh, waka waka. and don't forget the injury itself also begat a separate series of controversies because there was the rumor of disagreement over Mac wants to rehab it the right way and they want him to get the tightrope surgery. Right. So as if things already weren't uh, to use a Tom Kern term at loggerheads. That just added or compounded the frustrations that were building inside there. And if you look back over the season, like we are right now, there were certain moments where before we got to what I think was the boiling point, which was Thursday night football after they played the Bills with the short game effing sucks. There were points with Mac where you could see that it had full capability of going sideways like even just I know it's not fair it's not fair but the photos of him getting carried with the high ankle sprain I understand how some fans bristled at that very not the Tom Brady type quarterback that they had seen for years definitely not like Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow the way that those handled those then again I don't think he thought he was going to have his picture taken so he was just kind of letting mm-hmm. the emotions yeah. out he actually held it together until he right. got to the point he where hopped he off the yeah, field, off the and, field then and then like he didn't realize that the photographers were in the tunnel right <laughs> oh you know not a rookie mistake but Live a and quarterback it, it may mistake. have hurt Terry. and, <laughs> it and may he have missed like a month a, yeah Patrick Mahomes is going to play so Maybe it's a more severe injury. Maybe it, you know, like it's a different thing. Well, like, the Mahomes injury, I mean, that's a whole other conversation with whatever is going on there. I don't know if you saw the video yesterday of him walking from to and from the podium, no boot, nothing. He's that's because it's not actually Mahomes. Oh, right. it's Damar okay. Hamlin. It's Damar Got Hamlin. It. <laughs> so Damar Hamlin's there. There's a body mm-hmm. double in for Damar Hamlin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's all about the vaccine. There goes the plan for tomorrow's show. Oh, well, <laughs> we, we blew it today. <laughs> Go to National but, Syndicate. So since we're, we're about to talk to our buddy Tommy Curran, and he came on to this show, I don't know if it was a week ago or two weeks ago, two but weeks he was ago. talking about the Mac lash that was coming out because suddenly we're hearing about, oh, Mac was doing this. Mac has bad attitude. Mac was, you know, locking horns with JoJo with Matt Patricia and this and that. And we he had a theory about where this was all coming from. There's some Mac stabbing going on. Chris Sims <laughs> worked in the Patriots organization, obviously is well-connected within the league and around the league. And if you look at this situation, well, someone's telling Chris Sims that, yeah, Mac, Mac acts out. Mac's driving us crazy. He might show us up when the television cameras are rolling. But you know what? He could be a real pain in the ass. And Bill's just about had it. To me, that is what part of the New England Patriots have become about lately. They've always been that way to a degree. Very Machiavellian. Very much protecting your own territory, saving face, getting your your story, your narrative out there as quickly as possible. And I think that Mac Jones' narrative carried the day for a long, 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 long time because it was obvious it was a mistake. But it became so overt that now I think you're seeing pushback. And I'm not surprised if the pushback isn't coming from Joe Judge and or Matt Patricia. 
That was me gasping at the end. <gasps> this is the first time I the heard that. The call came from the within the house. <gasps> Joe Judge and or Matt Patricia. Because if, as you look over, the way it went was, okay, cycle is, these guys are not qualified. Uh, they shouldn't be there. They're screwing up Mac. And then it goes, Mac Zappy! That craziness, that weird sideways moment we got into. And then it went, Mac is cussing out, MFing everybody on the sidelines. And not sure if that's a good look. And it seemed like... Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, definitely Joe Judge, but maybe also Matt Patricia kind of jumped on that narrative to try to write it out. Like, this guy has a bad attitude. This guy, he's like, he's not he's not a patriot, you know? And now and we it, come back around now thanks we to come the Boston back around, Herald. Thanks to and Andrew Callahan and Karen Garigian. As a texter said, uh, maybe everyone should wear uh, sorry Mac shirts to the first game next year because everybody that's been ripping him, mm-hmm. I'd like to see you produce in an unproductive, dysfunctional environment. Okay, joining us now yeah. on the Harbor One Hotline is Tom E. Curran of NBC Sports Boston. Tom Curran is brought to you by Dr. Matthew Lepresti at Leonard Hair Transplants, the hair doctor of Tommy Curran at 1-800-GET-HAIR. By Awaken 180 Weight Loss, become your own success story by dropping the weight holding you back. It starts with just one call to Awaken 180. God, Tom, you have so many sponsored by Unified Office, where they help businesses maximize every incoming call at unifiedoffice.com. Tommy Curran joins us now on the Harbor One Hotline. So, Tommy I got to ask you, you the big picture question, just reading this bombshell reporting from Andrew Callahan and Karen Gregan in the Boston Herald. How does this reflect on Bill? So much of it is about Matt Patricia, about Joe Judge, about Mac Jones. But as Bill told us at the beginning of the season, it all comes back to him. Absolutely. And I think it reflects poorly on the decision. And I think what's great about this story is there's nothing necessarily in it aside from the quotes that are applied which are appreciated and worthwhile but we chronicled all this as the season went on because it's in one chronological well laid out story that explains to you the agitations that existed and why does it matter that that i think is what's important too because i think there's probably plenty of people like okay well bad year bad decision bill o'brien's here that's what matters what I believe is relevant is how much goodwill was forfeited by having a wasted year in deciding to put two people in positions of power and leadership when they were ill-suited. You forfeited the goodwill of your players and to a degree the trust of your players, and now there's a regaining period that goes back on. So to me, this well illustrated how much advantage Bill took of his situation in doing whatever the hell he wanted to in terms of the hiring and saying, deal with it. So the situation with the player that matters most, I think, in the eyes of most is Mac Jones. And Mm -hmm. I remember talking to you, Tom, I think on a midday hit uh, a few weeks ago, a month plus ago now, and you questioned whether Mac, with his actions, could be making an enemy, quote-unquote, of the head coach. Does that? Because I think the relationship with Bill O'Brien will fi- probably be fine. You know, they had that little mm-hmm. getting to know at Alabama, and now it's a fresh start. All of that. What's the relationship between Mac Jones and Bill Belichick heading into year three? Given the moves that Bill has made in this off season, it's an acknowledgement clearly that he made a mistake, and he's getting a professional in there to work with the young quarterback. That to me is him saying, "Look." Maybe he was upstairs stomping his feet around in his bedroom and slamming doors, but I get it. I'm going to deal with it. We'll move forward. If I see any more of this crap next year, I'll know it's a bigger problem. What I think they need to do is both wipe the slate clean, 
because Matt trusted Bill. He said it all season long, how much he respected Bill, how much he trusted Bill. He even went overboard in praising the intellect and ability of Matt Patricia. Even though he knew that Matt Patricia was doing him no personal development favors, he still did respect the way Matt, Matt Patricia was trying to do the job. So he waited a long time, Matt Jones did, before he flipped out. <laughs> a long time. Yep. And I think that Bill will, will probably look at it and go, you know what, I guess maybe in hindsight, same way. But we do know Bill can hold a grudge, so we'll, it remains to be seen. Suffice to say, yeah, Bill can hold a grudge or two, Tommy. Had you heard, though, and now with you know this piece and some other sources leaking out that Joe Judge was not very well liked by anyone in the building, had you heard that at all during the course of the season, or was the, is this... Is this now all just sort of coming to bear? Because it seems like if that many people were frosted or off-put by him that we would have heard about it sooner than this. I think that over the course of time I've alluded to and, and spoken about the agitations of people judge. So I didn't have the Mac didn't like him at all. Mm-hmm. But I remember relating here on this station previously how when Joe Judge was wide receivers coach in 2019 that eventually erupted during a practice in which one player looked at him and said, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're talking about. And I'd also mentioned, I think that, you know, folks within the league had said, look, Joe is very convincing in letting you know that he's got it. He's got it locked down. He is all set and he understands what he's doing. And then you turn around and it's not really done the way that you hoped it was going to be done. So I don't think that, look, did we know it? No. Could we tell? Yeah. It's not like they spent a lot of time together. Um, and just the the body language and facial expressions and dismissiveness shown um, really announced that they weren't getting along great. But again, this story, I don't want to say, hey, we knew this all along. This story does a good job of laying out just how agitated they were in specific instances. There's definitely seems to be a lot of validation there to a lot of the things we've talked about on our station, talked to you about, talked to Andrew Callahan about, talked to other guys who are down there every day during the season. Uh, Andrew and Karen write in this around early October, it seems like Joe Judge was starting to be phased out of the coaching duties that he had before that. And then months later on the morning show, they talked to Bill Belichick about making a change at offensive coordinator. And he said something along the lines of, you know, can't make any big changes at this time or something along the lines of that. Do you think Mm -hmm. that considering that Bill started the ball rolling on this around this time last year, did he react quickly enough to what was kind of just an ongoing failure in this situation did he respond quickly enough? I don't think that there was any other levers to pull or buttons to push. There was nothing you could do. Once you spent the entire offseason implementing a new offense with a new language with people who had never really even taught offense before, and they were so far behind in their installation, as was well articulated too in the story, they were so far behind that they weren't even getting to things. And Bill Belichick was telling us, might take weeks, might take months, never know. They were telling us during the end of training camp that this is going to take a long time. There was nowhere to pivot, Mego. There was nothing else they could do except wait until the end of the season, hope it gets better here and there, catch a break, have Marcus Jones return a kick, have Kyle Duggar score a touchdown or two, and maybe we get in the playoffs. You never know. But I think that probably by midseason, 
or towards the end of the season, it's like, well, we can't do this again. This was a mistake. Hopefully we can get Billy O, which is, again, they didn't bring anybody else in other than Billy O, who would conceivably be the um, repairman for the offense. So you start to wonder, and I was speaking to uh, Julian Edelman's dad, Frank, today, who he is a card-carrying Bill guy. And we still talk all the time about the Patriots. He's like, I think it was Billy O all the time. And they just, he knew he was going to get him. So they just kind of mailed it in on the year. Not mailed it in, but, you know. And I still look at that, and I'm like, maybe, maybe. Tom, we actually had a caller that brought that up uh, within the last hour that they knew. Maybe it was Mr. Edelman. Maybe it was Mr. <laughs> Edelman. Um, it was not Frank on the uh, screen. What did it sound like? Uh, it didn't sound like Frank, um, but he brought up that idea that Matt Patricia was just the placeholder, that they knew they were getting Billy O'Brien, but they couldn't take him from Saban, blah, blah, blah. So my question or pushback on that would be, um, is Matt Patricia becoming the fall guy? Because I see the update out of the Shrine Bowl that Joe Judge is going to be there in a supervising role, and Matt Patricia is nowhere to be named. And I know you've alluded to the possibility that maybe he may not have a role with the organization. Is he? Is he the scapegoat, the fall guy? How's it playing out for Matt Patricia? It does seem to be shaping up that way. Is he without a position or a place here through his own decision or because the Patriots are shunting him to the side and saying, boy, we don't, yeah, it doesn't seem like we have anything here for you, son. I would highly doubt the latter. The Crafts loved him. Belichick loves him. He just got absolutely riddled figuratively by bullets for the last five months. You better find a job for the guy if he wants to stay. On the other hand, he might be like, I need a year off. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's back. I wouldn't be surprised if he's not back. But it's still January 25th, so a lot can happen in the next couple of months. But, yeah, he does look like the fall guy in many ways for it. If it had worked, if it had looked terrific, well, maybe Bill O'Brien's still at Alabama, and they would have said, well, look at this wonder kid we have on offense, this bearded genius, Matt Patricia. <laughs> Who knew? But it didn't. No, no, it, it didn't. Did no, this is officially a lost season, Tom. And in reading this piece and just looking back at the season on the whole and Belichick saying, well, if things go south, you can blame me. I think that this makes Matt Patricia a tragic figure, if anything else. Like, he's he's the sad guy left behind in all this. And I can't help but wonder that if he's not going to remain with the organization, and I kind of hope he does in that Ernie Adams capacity, but if he's not to remain with the organization, could it be he who says, you know what, actually, this sucked, and I feel terrible, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to command the respect in the building that I should, given what, what, what I got put through last season, because, I mean, you probably read it in the comments sections. You heard it down at the stadium. He was the punchline of the season, and it's really, it's kind of a shame. Yeah, I noticed that, too. <laughs> I mean, yes. Yeah. We've been doing that for months. It's awful. And in a way, it's a shame. Fitzy, yes, I feel I do feel badly for him. And I said that oodles of times during the season. Bill yep. put him in a bad spot. We were saying this in, you know, after Matt came back and started getting sacked routinely and they couldn't score touchdowns. And it was post-Bailey Zappi when it was behind, you know, those were high times for, for Matt and Matt, excuse me, Matt and Bailey. But after that, you know, you looked at it and said, this isn't getting any better. It's getting worse. I kind of feel bad for the guy, but he also could have said, I can't do that, Bill. So, I, I I do feel badly for out for the guy, and I hope that he has a place here. And I totally agree. And that's what I was just saying as well. Mm-hmm. He might decide I don't want to work there, but he is 
beloved. Mayo loves him. Belichick, you know, he's attached himself to Belichick's side like a tick, but he likes him too. The Crafts like him. He's good at making people like him. So I don't feel that bad for Matt overall. I mean, he ran the Lions into the ground. He didn't really call the greatest defenses in 2017 in the playoffs. He almost got lost to Blake Bortles, and then he did lose to Nick Foles. So there's a point at which I'm like, okay, that sucked for him. Bill set him up to fail. But he's still okay, the most better off than most of the populace. <laughs> he's got some money in the bank. Yeah. All right. Let's leave it on that note. That's a positive note. He's a very Why? well-loved we tick. Fun. We could do more. Why don't oh, well, we okay. Well, I do have one more for you, Tom. Real quick, since I you... I get all the time in the world. We, we <laughs> Well, we'll have you Sunday. Don't nice. give away all the gold. Yeah, we save have something you. for Sunday. Save something for really Sunday Really quick, 11. though, I am curious because with Bill O'Brien coming in, and part of this uh, piece from the Herald details them trying to put in the McVeigh, the Shanahan mm-hmm. running concepts and everything. Does any of that carry over with O'Brien? Or is that just the last that we're going to see of that, knowing that Bill is, you know, a little bit taken with that system? That's a little bit of the mess that you look at, you know, when you walk back into the house after you have the fun. The dog pooped. Oh, well, I guess we had a good time, but we have to clean that up. What are we going to do about that mess? I mean, you spent an inordinate amount of time installing an offense, and you're good, smart football people, so I'm sure that there was a lot of upside to trying to install it. You just had plumbers trying to put together a house. No offense to either trade. So as a result, is there merit to narrower splits and trying to run some bootleg action off of stretch runs? Yeah, sure. And I'm sure they know it better than we do. But it's the best thing to go back to what Mac and Bill O'Brien are comfortable running. That remains to be seen. But that's why there are remnants, and that's why this story is relevant. There are remnants of damage done by the 2022 decisions. And what will the damage going forward be? What will it be? All right, Tommy, thanks for joining us. We got to go pay some bills. Uh, we love you. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm. Screw yeah. you guys. <laughs> Bye. Tom E. Curran. He's brought to you by Wise Snacks. Go to wisegameday.com for your chance to win one of 100 authentic pro football jerseys. We're going to continue this talk on the other side. We'll be right back. Welcome back to WEI. Had a fascinating conversation with Tommy Curran of NBC Sports Boston. If you missed it, check it out on the Odyssey app. Should be up there momentarily. Uh, talking all Patriots today. Because yeah. great, great article from my former employer, the Boston Herald, from Karen Garigian, who oh, we're going to talk to. Hello. <laughs> oh, hello. hello. We're going to talk to her at 4 30. Hey, how are you? <laughs> and Andrew Callahan, uh, all about how things broke down. This year, I thought Where are that you, uh, Boston. Yes, you're Karen in Tampa. Brown. No one is more beloved than Karen Garigian. Correct. On the among everyone on Patriots beats and in the Patriots locker room, Patriots coaches, former hey, Patriots. Just want to put that out there. Up, so when you read a, when you read like a hit piece and you go like, oh, this hot take artist, that has never been Karen. Karen no. You better say something to me, God dang it. And that's where I think there was some um, credibility brought to this piece, and this is not a shot against Andrew Callahan, but he is not a two, three-decades veteran of Boston with the type of 
um, reputation that Karen has, she brings legitimacy to this story. I think the people that say, ah, you got anonymous sources, yeah, another hit piece, I think they're idiots. I'm sorry. Karen Garrigan, you don't know who Karen Garrigan is if you believe that. But, but And aren't we past, we should be past that day and age, the whole hate us because you ain't us, you know, everyone getting their, their dander up because it's, you know, spy gate and we're defenders of the wall. Like, we're long since past that at this point. Earlier in the morning, though, it was a lot of typical Boston media stuff. It's unsourced. It's a hit piece. But as the day has progressed, I was saying to you guys earlier in the studio, as the day has progressed, you can sort of see the tide changing. Like, everyone buys this. Everyone, yeah. Everyone's in on this. Like, you should. It validates the feelings and the reportings of Tommy Kern. It validates things said here at WEI. It validates how fans, the people that spent $2,500 per Sunday or Monday or an occasional Thursday to go down there and watch a torpid offense flail about like a beach seal on the freaking field it validates everything they saw felt heard and bought into yeah yeah so it's 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 honest it's all real it's all true the hell would karen garigian want to put her name and reputation for behind a hit piece because people think it's the you know a sequel to wicker scam and it's well was that a hit piece or was that true too i think there was much more truth to that yeah. than a lot of people wanted to i hate that Hi, karen. that really pisses me off to be honest like but the hit piece thing well, first of all, you're allowed to write a hit piece if it's warranted. You can write truth. a hit piece anytime you want. You it's only you want. a hit piece if things are going so badly. And, and if also, it's true, is it a hit piece? Like, just because it's an anonymous source, that doesn't mean it's not sourced. Right. I just, I don't want to be condescending to people or anything, but just because it's not a named source doesn't mean it's not real. If you're reading a freaking newspaper, newspaper, what was that? a mm -hmm. newspaper. That's how you say it in Reading France. a newspaper. We're in Boston. There are levels of editing to this. There's levels of fact-checking. And it just pisses me off when somebody, like, like Karen has worked in this market, as you said, for decades. She covered the Bruins. She covered the Patriots for well over a decade. She is well-sourced up. And it's just because it's not a name source. It's like, well, this isn't real. This is somebody making it up. I promise it's not. I, pro I worked in the same room with these people for years but Pats fans have basically been trained or at least have sort of rallied up behind the idea that everyone's going to want to come for them. Here's the interesting little side note to that. People came for the Patriots when they were the most dominant team. People came for the Patriots when they were in the AFC Championship and in the Super Bowl all the time because the broad target got the clicks and the likes and the retweets. And they hate us because they jealous of us. Exactamundo. And now that the Patriots are worthy of being flexed out of Sunday Night Football, they're not the same story anymore. So um, you best believe it. They're still a national team. I still think still they a are a team. clickbait name. Like, if you put Patriots in it, there. it works. Yes. Yeah. Like, I think the... It's true. Somebody plays for the Patriots for a month, but right. they're with another Former team for Patriot. five years. <laughs> or if, you know, so-and-so right. is going to be available. Cassius Marsh. Just look at the, the bet online trade things. Like, if you include Patriots, you get noted. If you just put a few other teams, because he's going to go somewhere, it doesn't get the attention that the Patriots, it's all, the Patriots are still a draw. Lamar's not coming here? No, he's not coming here. Aaron Rodgers isn't coming here. DeAndre Hopkins, well, maybe, maybe, maybe DeAndre. Maybe. Let's take a call here. 617-779-7937. That's your number. This is Jesse in New Bedford. Jesse, you're on. Hey, how you doing, guys? What's up? Uh, yeah, just a couple things. You know, now that this story's come out, you know, and for all, first of all, to all those fickle fans, okay, that wasted, that wasted 150, but whatever these jerseys go for now, on Jappy, 
I, I hope they go go in their backyards and burn it because for what Mac had to deal with between the fans turning on him, getting hurt that nobody talks about, getting hurt, having his having his coaches basically basically go behind his back and try to push this narrative that is so not true. Then, then let's not forget about what uh, Volan did too during the season. For so all, and he's only a second year quarterback. So all these things that happened. And for Mac to to wait is like Callahan. I mean, what uh, Tom Curran said for him to wait that long to finally lash out is a miracle in itself. It's a miracle that he even made it through the season with the stats that he did with the with the lack of playmakers that he's has. So next year, I'm a I'm a big Mac guy. Next year, I really truly believe that Mac Jones is really going to show up and show out. And all these all these haters drinking that hatery better go back to the store. And get some water because he's gonna he's gonna you know what over everybody and it's just it's just disgusting what Bill Belichick did to this kid and he's gonna prove everybody wrong. Thanks, Jesse. I don't know yeah. what he's gonna do to everyone. I want to know, but I feel like you can't say it on the radio. Did wait to find out what happens on the football field, but I do agree with the first half of that call. Totally, totally unfortunate what Mac had to weather through this season. And I've been saying this for a while. Part of it too is financial. You're a young quarterback on a trajectory, and the trajectory is a quarter of a billion dollars. You're a Pro Bowl playoff rookie quarterback. You've taken a first step. Pro Bowl. No, Pro Bowl. It says Pro Bowl next to his name. Okay, fine. Just like it never said Pro Bowl next to Edelman, it says Pro Bowl next to Mac. So that's next to your name. You're Mm -hmm. taking nice steps towards, and you start to think, I would be thinking this. I could get a quarter of a billion dollars. Yeah. $250 million. This program discussed one afternoon several months ago whether Mac would be a $50 million quarterback or $200 million would be spent on Mac Jones on a long five-year deal. And this past season, he looked like a $5 quarterback <laughs> because of the system, because, the dysfunction, exactly. and everything around and him. And if there's anyone out there right now who then now jumps to the conclusion of, well, maybe they wanted to drive his value down and Ooh, they'll build good. him back up. What they would want to do is drive his value. All right. Then you know you did a good job. Good job. <laughs> All right, conspiracy theories. value down. Uh, we are going to step away from this story for just a minute because the Patriots did make a little news today. Dun dun. dun. We're going to step away for just a minute. Don't worry, it ties back in. It's Patriots news. We'll be right back. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 